Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Chapter 8 of Popcorn and Monsters. Chapters 1 to 7 are still available on Podbean. And if you need a little bit of a catch-up, try Chapter 7, because it's been a little bit of a while. So, let's continue the story. So, Mummy, you've been quiet through all this. Tell me something about our situation here. Are we trapped? Is this the afterlife? Before I answer, tell us about what you were doing before you came to be here. Something life-threatening, maybe? Funny you should say that, actually. I was on another mission with my insane cousin... We were trekking through the Carpathian Mountains on our way to a vampire's lair. Abraham always called it a lair. I used used to think of it as a vampire's house myself, but that was Abraham for you, always with a penchant for the dramatic. In fact, he would always have me talking like some ridiculous prophet, vows and vines here, there and everywhere. I seriously question his upbringing, you know. It's very nice, Mr. Helsing, but any chance you could focus on the point? What? Oh, my word! Of course, I do apologise. I have a tendency to run away with a point, and then it's tangent after tangent, like the time I met the Archduke of Galway. Van Helsing! Focus. Oh, I say, I was doing it again, wasn't I? Okay, here I go. We were trekking through the mountains, and it had been such a hard slog. We were tired, and we were in need of rest, but, as usual, Abraham would not rest until the job was done. I had researched the particular vampire we were on our way to... Well, as Abraham would put it, Free the world from this vile and putrescent creature of the fallen angel, Lucifer. Good Lord, he was a fool. Anyway, this particular vampire was of no threat to anyone. He had lived peacefully in the region for hundreds of years. No harm had befallen any of the villagers in the vicinity, and the only ones who had shed their blood were cattle from local farms, and even then reimbursement was made to replace them. This was not a vampire that was deserving of any further death. Don't get me wrong. We had come across vampires that could chill your very soul. And even after they had been dispatched, the acts that they had committed would live on in your nightmares for weeks after. But this was not one of them. And so I had to make sure that no harm came to him. 
wasn't sure how I was going to do this yet. I had been thinking and thinking on how I could possibly warn him or signal him when we got nearer, but there was nothing I could think of that could work. Not without warning Abraham. And I knew he'd been getting a little suspicious. But I'd been very thorough in my ways of warning possible victims. But this time, I was struggling, I must admit. I couldn't come up with something new that wouldn't alert my cousin to my actions. All I could do in the meantime was pray that the weather worsened. Thunder, lightning and rain would have been ideal. It was while I was thinking that the world seemed to slow down. It nearly stopped. And then here I was in this room with our big friend here stuck under a table. They all turned to Lumpy, who found the ceiling very interesting. And that's when he saw the smoke. Just as he pointed towards it, the smoke started to fall. But it wasn't falling, it was charging, and it was changing into the Count. As the Count was changing, there was a shout of anger, and he launched himself towards Van Helsing. As one, the group cried out, Count, no! Count, no! Count, no! A lot happened in a short space of time. The Count was now human in shape and flying towards Van Helsing, the rest of the gang were trying to block the Count's way but knew there wouldn't be time, but Van Helsing simply stood tall and faced the Count, not moving, not cowering, merely standing tall with his hands at his side. It was as if he was accepting his fate, and then he spoke. It's nice to see you, Vladimir. The Count stopped dead. No pun intended. An inch from Van Helsing's nose. How do you know me by that name? I haven't been Vladimir since... Since before the am who I am now is... Came into being... I've lost my momentum. How do you know who I was? As I was explaining to your friends here... I am in this line of work for the study... The experience... And to make sure that the deserved... Stay safe, and I knew that you were one of the deserved. You were to be next on the list, and when I say list, I mean stake. So I studied you and your history, and I found out that you were of no threat. I was trying to think of a way to save you, and all of a sudden I'm here. The Count looked round to the rest of the group. He could see in their faces that they were willing to give Van Helsing the benefit of the doubt. Taking a step back, they looked into the eyes of Van Helsing and searched for the hatred that he knew would be there. And he looked. And he looked. And finally the tension oozed from the Count's body. For the time being, I'm going to see you in the positive. But I'm warning you, Gelding, deserved or not, you know what I'm physically capable of doing. 
I will try to assure you by my words and my deeds that I am on your side, Vladimir. Or would you rather be known as the Count? The Count merely backed away from the gang and took to his own space at the far end of the room, thinking back to the time when he was Vladimir. Oh, you'll be fine, Nikolai. You can't possibly hurt yourself from that height. Besides, you have the hay to break your fall. Come on, jump. You know we need to head back soon. Sun has been down an hour already. Listen, Vlad, if you're so sure about it, then why am I the one who's up here? Fine, if you're too much of a coward. I never said that. Tell you what, we do this together. In a sense of fair play, and so you don't wet your breeches, I'll agree. And so they jumped. Nikolai and the future Count Vladimir jumped from the barn roof to the waiting haystack below. They landed, they laughed, and they ran back to their families' houses to find that their families had been taken. It was that time again, the time of sacrifice. Nikolai and Vladimir's families were among two of the ten that had been chosen by the Dark Clan in return for no further damage being done for the next year. It was like protection money, but the price was paid in blood instead of old five-pound notes. The only reason that Vladimir had survived was because he was known as Tainted. The clan of vampires wouldn't touch him because they believed he would poison their blood with his. He was, of impure, he was of impure stock, according to them. He had been found by his family when he was a baby, possibly left by his mother who couldn't cope. So Vladimir, in the eyes of the clan, was seen as impure, and therefore he would never be used as food by them. However, his family were regarded as fair game, and now Vladimir, who had once been abandoned, was again Alone. We now take you back to the happenings and goings-on of a ragtaggle gang of six as they try to figure out their next moves and what, in the bigger scheme of things, all this existential transportation may actually mean. They all looked at Wolfie. What? I thought the mood could use a little cheering up. It's what I used to do back in my old life. Mind you, I used to get the same looks then as well. Who'd have thought that even though I can now smell a silent bit deadly from over 50 feet away, some things never change. Igor spoke up. I keep meaning to ask you about that, Wolfie. The rest of us have been who we are for a long time now. Even our created friend over there was born into who he is. But you, you were cursed. I also think that you were changed into this just recently, and you seem to have bore its brunt with great aplomb. It does make one curious as to why. 
Wolfie avoided the couch and took to sitting on the floor. Canine instinct, I guess. You're right. It would seem odd that I've gone from human to wolfman and accepted it with the greatest of ease. But there's a very good reason for that. I was a nobody before. I lived. No, I existed before in a boring life. I worked in a rubbish job for just enough cash to get me by, and even though everyone was in the same boat, there was no kinship. There was no camaraderie. There was only grey faces atop of grey suits. I tell you, this isn't a curse. It's a blessing. I feel like a superhero. The one thing that is affecting me, though, is that now I've got super-duper hearing and intuition whenever the door appears. I get the strongest smell of popcorn going whammy right up my schnozzle. And with it comes an association of belief. A deep and powerful sense of belief. And I want to know where it comes from. Because I think that whoever has this belief has the secret as to why we're here. Wolfie, I'm not entirely sure what popcorn, whammy, or schnozzle is, but I do get the drift of what you're saying. Igor took a moment to think about his wording and continued. What you're basically saying is that whenever the door shows up, you can smell something that may be linked to why we're all here. Something... Or more likely, someone. Would that be correct? That's about the size of it, Eeks. I'm not getting anything other than the smell of belief, but it's definitely linked to a powerful source. I think that somewhere in this place is a person, or maybe even a group, who are so interested in us and the power of our histories that we've somehow been summoned together. That's just my theory, though. I haven't felt anything evil, nor bad. Just a strong sense of... not good as such. Warmth would be a better world. What do you mean, our histories? You think that whoever they are knows about us? Out with the know about a human with a boring job turned wolfman or a cultured lab assistant. Of course. You guys won't know who we are. How could I be so stupid? Wolfie, I'm getting a little concerned about whatever it is you're talking about. Why are you being stupid? Are we being stalked by someone who's taken a grudge to us for some reason? Wolfie snapped back to reality. No, no grudge. Like I said, the only thing I felt was warmth. Okay, you guys need to take a seat, and I'll explain as best as I can what I'm talking about. That's it for this week, folks. 
Chapter 9 of Popcorn and Monsters will be up very shortly, but will be for patrons only for the next week. So if you want to hear what's going on sooner, check me out at patreon.com forward slash Mirths and Monsters or at Podbean at www.patreon.podbean.com forward slash Mirths and Monsters. Till next time, my friends. Daddy Flink.